Hello, everybody, and welcome to the One Fall Show. I was so excited to have drops this week, guys, but then sorry. I got hit with the COVID. <laughs> the COVID has infiltrated our uh, our operating room at the clinic yep. and hollowed us out. I get to go back to work tomorrow, finally. Good for you. Isolation is weird after like not, you know, like we had the, the I, I was part of the long quarantine early because I didn't have a, a job. Mm. Started working at the clinic. And then so then this was like uh, this weird 10 days off, which I know sounds great, except for, you know, you plan everything around the scant few uh, vacation and sick days that you get. And then you get whapped with this stupid COVID. It's like um, like Battle of the Belts got whapped with stupid COVID. But, yeah, and that's, did. you know. I guess that's just what it, at some point the wall had to break. I suppose we thought we were going to hold on forever, you know, just not get sick and it didn't happen that way, but Hey, everybody, welcome to the <laughs> one fall show. The, uh, the show that was at one time, Chuck and I uh, talking about wrestling and then it was a game show. And then it just, now it's just four friends hanging out, cracking wise, right? Cracking mm-hmm. wise. Chuck, do you think that's, let me first introduce my first co-host uh the uh the the host of uh, nerd radio um I'm trying to get my bottle to crack but it's not working and i don't have a can of anything trying, with me trying to do some uh, foley work here and uh really <laughs> really <laughs> failing emphasis at it. on trying How you yeah. doing, sir? <laughs> uh, until we can figure out a way to uh transmit covid over the internet via podcast we are all doing fine sir and it's good to hear that uh you're re- re- recovering from a a positive uh thing nicely i got my second booster shot while we we're talking about covid yesterday or on saturday so i spent most of yesterday feeling a little achy a little warm but i am back and uh ready to talk about the week that was when it comes to professional wrestling it's definitely a very busy week of wrestling it's gonna be uh something that tells me it's gonna be a little bit of an extended show could be, could be. We shall see. And then we have the host of uh, JV Sports Talk Pay Per View Pod, Mister Justin Valentine. How you doing, sir? Fantastic, man. Yes, very busy uh, week of wrestling, but Mister Optimistic, and I'm, I, I don't know how anyone can come at me. It's going to be very interesting to see because I think there's a lot of reason to be excited right now, and it'll be interesting to see if anybody comes at me as hard as they have been in the past. Very interesting. Yes, I, I it, very exciting. At some point, Shinsuke Nakamura is going to get to defend his Intercontinental Championship. <laughs> yeah, I hear Sami Zayn's the number one contender, but that may come in 2023. I think it's going to be the Christmas episode of 2022, actually. Outstanding. Outstanding. <laughs> <laughs> Love me some Shinsuke. King of Strong Style. Remember that? Good oh, times. man. Oh, boogs. Uh, and then we've got... <laughs> Here it comes. Here it comes. Our North Star, our scales of justice, our farmer burns, keynote wow. speaker, keynote listener, rock and roll reporter, and award-winning white woman. Little Miss, Little Miss, Little Miss is not wrong. Jack to the gills, Erica Bannis. How are you doing, Erica? How are you okay, doing? The f- I mean, it's hard not to 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 feel warm and fuzzy inside after two of your friends basically stood at attention um, as if they were taking the goddamn Pledge of Allegiance in, in, in I was, elementary I was say, school. I pledge it's allegiance like, to the pledge. To Erica. Yep. It's like, first, <laughs> of all, 
and all like, that she all, stands for. I'm like, well, let's like we got to we got to pump the brakes here. I mean, it's <laughs> very nice. I feel that I'm, I, it's always nice to talk with the three of you. Like, it's just it's just nice. It's nice and it's fun. And and I'm glad that you're doing well, Shawnee, and you're just adopting all the cute cats and just, you know, we're, we're, man, 2022 is not messing around when it comes to wrestling. Like it like Ugh. we started off the year and it's just like, you know what? We're just going to drop all the news now. And I just went, oh, God, just it's been a lot. It's been a fucking week, man. Yeah, so I old business before new business, but I think a little bit of this, a little bit of that. For those of us who thought that NXT maybe would come back, oh, there, there we've got was it Braun Breaker kicking the X, kicking the X and kicking the old guys out? What has happened? What has happened? Finally, like it is, um, it's 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 hard not to look at this as an indictment on Triple H in some way, um, not from the fan perspective in any capacity, right? But like from within corporate. And I, every article you read, you know, up to the uh, the recent recutting of Samoa Joe, which we like, oh, what 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 horrors has this unleashed upon the professional wrestling world? I I, I pity the poor jobber who has to be involved in his first tune-up match. Um, but uh, you know, the the man's man gone, gone, everyone gone, gone, gone. And uh, what do we think? What do we think? Within I mean, a three-day period, Braun Breaker kicks over a styrofoam axe and breaks it, and then uh, and then beats Tommaso Ciampa for the championship. Which, honestly, uh, there was a moment afterwards where his dad Rick Steiner came in the ring, and that's charming and cool. Yes. And Tommaso Ciampa said nice things about Braun to Rick Steiner, and that's awesome and stuff like that. But once again, within a three-day span, they bust up the X, they get release Samoa Joe, William Regal, uh, Road Dog, and like multiple. At this point, the only people left for them to release out of NXT, I think, are Sarah D'Amato and uh, Matt Bloom. And then it's just like there's nobody, none of anybody who's worked in the black and gold brand works there anymore. And it's what? it's depressing. Like, you know, like, let's just let's paint a, a picture here. Um, how how big these latest round of releases were, or at least just how um, um, symbolic they were of the death of the brand. Um, William Regal was the number one trend on Twitter. William Regal hasn't wrestled in how long he was basically an, um, you know, an authority figure. Uh, on the brand he obviously was heavily involved with scouting as evident with all those weird ass photos of him like lurking in the background of indie shows which were always really fun to see mm -hmm. but it's just like when when he was let go it's just like and it's dead it's dead and we all knew it and we couldn't stop talking about it for like the one evening and yeah William Regal was the number one trend on Twitter and he didn't die that's how important and how seismic, like in symbolic of, of a move this was. Yeah, I think, you know, a, a lot of it not necessarily is just seeing a promotion die, change so much and so many people leave that you liked or whatever. It's the fact that it wasn't necessary, right? Like NXT was rolling. It was entertaining up. Like there was never a point until they started changing everything where we looked at NXT and said, eh, 
not what it used to be. Uh, not really entertaining anymore. People were enjoying it up until they decided for who knows what reason behind the scenes that we're going to blow this whole thing up. And it was 100% unnecessary from the, the call-ups that should have never been way too soon that then just quickly got released to get rid of everyone else. When, I mean, all of it makes no sense besides the fact that, you know, and Bully Ray said it perfectly, they – it, I don't know if they want this or not. They have moved NXT back to being the minor leagues of WWE. That's what it was when it came in. And then it was too entertaining because of the superstars there and Triple H and so on that you can't look at it as the minor leagues anymore, even though they try to frame it that way. And now they're forcing us to look at it as the minor leagues of WWE. I have stopped watching. I it's it, it it was a must watch every week and I've stopped watching and I feel like a lot of people in the wrestling universe have done the same. Yeah, it it's going to be very interesting to see when the first sort of crop of this new I mean like new metal, right? And NU new NXT talent and as annoying um starts to make their way to the main roster, you know, do they start to rely a little more on the NXT coverage, right? Is there more of a seamless transition that, that shows us six months, a year down the line that we, we were missing out by not watching it. Right. And are the stories better overall? Um, you know, that's obviously a, a huge question as well. Uh, I I'm sort of remaining mildly optimistic that, by the end of 2022, I will like WWE more than I like at the beginning of 2022. Now, part of that is that my expectations, my my engagement is so low that I'm giving them all the slack possible to impress me, right? Like I'm coming in very, I'm trying to come in neutral rather than antagonistic, which is where I was for much of 2021. And um, so, I mean, we'll see, but I'm, I'm certainly not going to be tuning in. You know, I mean, I, I chucked those old episodes that someone raised with just, I loved Full Sail University. Oh, yeah. I just, I mean, I like thought to myself, maybe I could go to Full Sail University, go watch NXT shows on Wednesdays, yep. <laughs> you know? No, it was the kind of thing that uh, we had even discussed in my household that were we to take a vacation, we would make it a point if we were going to florida to go to full sale to see an nxt show because goddamn yeah. that looks like a blast yeah yeah and uh that's that's certainly not in the cards anymore you know and there's a handful of people that i really feel bad for when it comes to this nxt situation and that's the holdovers that are still there from the last couple of years somebody like dexter loomis or indy hartwell or yeah. uh, cameron grimes that are still there like you got to know that you are no longer a priority and, right. and that's not a real healthy work environment well and we could have saw it coming too because and we complained about it at the time but we didn't realize how you know what they had in mind because if you look at the call-ups from the last couple of years how many times and chuck you actually brought this up last week that they just you could tell they just didn't care or didn't watch NXT because they right. would take someone's character and just completely revamp it as if it never happened. That didn't have, never used to be the case, right? The Wyatt family started in NXT and then they were the same thing when they brought up Kevin Owens, so on, right? Like it was that was never a thing before. And it turned into a deal where it's like, do you not watch? Like you were bringing Karrion Cross on the main roster while he was the NXT champion. And he was like two completely different characters on Monday nights and Tuesday nights. 
And, and again, like you said, do you not watch? Do you not care? And that was the slow death of NXT right there. And like and Renee we, said, when the interview with Karrion Cross, like you had no, never have you had a more ready superstar for the big stage, right? Like you right, right out of the gate, they had those amazing silhouetted with the great music and the smoke and the red and the fire. Right. And it was just like, this is, this is everything wrestling is supposed to be right. It's, it's spectacle. It's sensuality. It was just like, what an amazing duo. And they were just like, Oh, we, maybe try this gimp mask. Um, okay. Right. Sure thing, boss. <laughs> and it's, got, it's gotta be awful, extra awful too. When like you get, they call you up and they give you like one or two chances on TV. And then they're like, Nope, it's not working. Here's your walking papers. Like I'm doing what you asked me to do and it's not right. working. Like, what, what do you want from me, man? Right. Well, it'll be interesting too, because it sounds like he's going to be showing up somewhere soon. Someone uh, had uh, tweeted at him saying they miss him, whatever. And he had retweeted it and said that, you know, something along the lines of us, I'll see you soon. And he yeah. had a, uh, a TV emoji in that tweet. So interesting. You know, it sounds like it may not be just an indie, you know, live show somewhere, maybe like an AEW or something like that. D- does it need to be AEW? No, but see, and if, that, if they're going to build they, on that house of black concept, he would be a good addition, right? Agreed. Oh, like, hell yeah start stacking people into these stables they don't even necessarily have to get the the tv like the immediate tv time like we're saying but we can start building stories with some of these more creative wrestlers um but you're right I, you know i can never see it on your face justin and i'm thinking it more and more it's like the cast of thousands is kind of funny but at the same time yeah. well and then they had the jake atlas which you know fan of jake atlas and he's a great athlete but you know my guy daryl you know who's been on my podcast and i know you guys have at some point maybe chat with him on social media. He, the way he phrases it as is Tony Khan's collecting guys like action figures, right? Mm, and that's yeah. not necessarily yeah. how, how you want to run a business. Um, so I don't, and specifically looking at like roster situation aside, I have a hard time seeing Malachi black in a group of some sort, whether he's the leader or not, he that's, gives me a lonesome guy, a lonesome soldier kind of vibe. And I don't see how his character would bring someone in. That's something I wanted to bring up while we were talking about it. I don't want to get too sidetracked, uh, but, right. um, you know, like the, the during uh, Dynamite this past week, like the lights went out and we were like, oh, is this it? And I was thinking while he was on Dynamite, like he doesn't need a faction as much as I love factions and I love spooky bullshit. He certainly doesn't need a faction, man. No, he does not. But I, I've just heard him mention it in, in interviews and almost everyone's factioned up in some capacity on AEW. Right. Right? I think in some ways it's really just to keep to keep things like a, an ordered set because there are so many damn people. It's, well, I mean, it's that's so that if it... you don't have a match, then at least you could be next at ringside for someone else's. Right. And, and I mean, that's that's kind of how New Japan works, too. Like most folks are factioned up. You know, most people yeah. belong to a gang. Um, there's very few that are standalone guys. Um, right. Like Tana, you can think of like Tanahashi and like Koda and like only like a handful of others. Uh, but yeah, like that's kind of the New Japan model um, on AEW. But of course, it's at the same time, it's like, well, how many gangs can there be? <laughs> you know? right. Well, they started with factions and then went to trios, right? Like everything started yeah. to settle into trios specifically, which, right. you know, uh, teases the fact that at some point there'll be a trios title, you would assume. Yeah. 
but you still I, I i don't necessarily like that as much for one thing because they did the wwe thing and where they were just sort of like suddenly there was a trio of guys and you're supposed to accept that they are a team right. you know that's not my favorite thing right especially when if you had them in pools of you know if you had four main pillars right where they, they love talking about the four pillars so let's use that example if we if we if we had the locker room essentially divided into five parts four pillars and then a group of outsiders you would then it would make sense okay we need to put three people together they're all going to be from the same group but you know they sort of yeah. really nearly did a little bit too over time yeah. you know it seems like um it seems like pack i don't know if this is because of the because of the covid and they, because he was caught over on the other side of the ocean a couple of times or what but he just seems like he's sort of when he shows up i'm happy because he puts in great matches and his bastard mm-hmm. character is outstanding however it feels a little disjointed at times where it's like sure. oh he's, he's a he's a high mid carters just making his big huge return right it's not exactly right. the undertaker yeah um, he's always making a return the trio that you know you mentioned just kind of putting people together is that 2.0 and daniel garcia yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's one that's kind of put together. And honestly, and I thought this watching uh, Battle of the Belts when uh, Daniel Garcia came out to attack uh, Sammy. And I look at Daniel Garcia how we used to look at Hook. Why are yeah. you here? Yeah, yeah. I don't know anything about <laughs> right? him. I don't yeah, remember like, when like, he first showed up. I don't remember when they were first put as a team. I just know that they are on my TV. <laughs> yeah, but, like, gosh, God. No, and, and truth be told, when Daniel Garcia showed up, I was too distracted by his really crappy fitting jeans uh, <laughs> to really even care. And yeah. I say this because, like, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm watching, and I'm like, the hell is this person wearing? <laughs> what are you wearing? It, 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 it was. I'm just like, is there a flood on the way? And like, they were like ill, like they were, they, they were loose, but then like tight at the waist. It was just, it was very. I could probably do a five minute rant on these pants alone. I will spare you all because I kept they hoping he was going to turn into the incredible Hulk. Maybe that was why his pants uh, looked funny. Uh, I mean, either I mean, way, it will, it, it reminded me of like that one uh, Simpsons meme, like everything's coming up. They'll have uh, so I'm like, coming everything's coming yeah. up Garcia. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I just, he has like, he just has zero personality. Zero charisma, zero anything. Like, sure, he's a decent athlete, whatever, but he's just one of those. Aren't we all? Yeah, sure. We're all (laughs) decent athletes here. Leo, and like, he's just, you know, attacking Eddie Kingston. They're always out there. I like 2.0. I like them from their NXT days. They're, They're funny, goofy, fun. But every time he's in a match, I'm just like, I don't care. And every time he comes out to attack someone, I'm like, why are you here? Not like the t- what they want you to think of. Oh, bad guy coming after your favorites. Like, no, dude, you're wasting my time. I'm a- I don't want to see Sammy versus Garcia on Dynamite. Like, I love Sammy Guevara, but w- why is Daniel Garcia here? So now, what do you think? Uh, who would get more views of a uh, backroom strip club video, Hook or Sammy Guevara? Shout out to <laughs> Hook for that, man. That dude's living life. <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. Wait, what? What is this? What? what are, you didn't oh, see Hook? Well. Oh, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, go look up Hook and Strip Club. Oh, okay, had some fun. Hook. Yeah, he had some fun. Good for him. How old is he? How old? Like he's. I know he's. You, you tell he's young. I don't know his exact age. He's oh, your age. Head. Is he my age? He's. He's the same age as you. Okay. He's young. 
Yes, he's. Yeah, I could tell he's. I don't know if that means that he's nine or he's twenty six. <laughs> <laughs> he looks young. Like he Jesus looks like he's seventeen. Jones. Okay, I'm looking at the clip right now. Yeah. Good God, man! Live reaction video. Cheese <laughs> and rice. Oh man. Huh. He's getting some. Uh, I, well, I mean, he's a good-looking kid. You know, just wrap it he's up. Gonna do something with the hair. Nah. No, no it's no, part of his a, character. That's his thing. Well, that's yeah, that's gonna be like when you see when he's thirty-five and he's on his fourth fucking DUI and he's got that hair in the mugshot. <laughs> that's part of his character. Like, Son of a bitch. As far as Sammy Guevara, you know, proposing to one girlfriend in the summer in the middle of the ring and then being with a whole different girlfriend by the end of the year. Yeah, that didn't that didn't age well, well did it? I mean, uh, well, man. first of all, that's the least. He, he, let me tell you, if there's one guy who was really happy about. Uh, Tony Khan going off. It was Sammy Guevara because because sure. had Tony Khan not did what he did, um, like we'd be talking about how that would be like the yeah. topic of conversation. However, I did find this meme. I'm going to share it in the chat. Uh, it's uh, basically it's hook. Come on, share it. It just but popped it's, up. I see it. Yeah. yeah. But it's a still from Saturday Night yep. Live. <laughs> Where it was uh, um, Andy Sa- Andy Sandberg played a character named Liam, teenager who just woke up, and he's looking all scowly and crappy. And I'm like, "Good job, whoever found this. Yeah. The internet isn't a cesspool. Way to go, internet. Good job. Good job. Go to oh, bed now. Awesome. Go to bed. You've done your job. You've done. You've done good work. Call it a day. Don't go too far." So, Erica, what did you think of uh, Wrestle Kingdom 16? So, yeah, was it a, was it solid wrestling both nights? Yes. Um, did it? Was it not as? Um, I wouldn't say enjoyable, but like there was, you know, because you didn't have any like notable surprises or 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 big like you know, Gaijin type matches and stuff, you know, did it suck for that reason? No, but like you could tell something was missing, but that you could, but I do appreciate the fact that like whoever was there, like we got to fucking bring it because this is a hard year. We can't do like the show we have been doing in previous years. Um, I'm just trying to review the card um, and just kind of point out some of my, my favorite moments. Um, I mean, I feel like we, it doesn't matter about spoilers at this point. I'm like, if you don't know what happened in Wrestle Kingdom, like, no, this is a show where we talk about things that happened in wrestling. I think that people I know. are ready for Wrestle Kingdom spoilers. <laughs> I know, but like, you know, people get weird about like talking about things like this after the fact, especially since it's like an overseas show and shit. So it's like, I don't know what the statute of limitations is on spoilers. Justin, you seem to have a comment regarding yes. statute of limitation on spoilers. <laughs> I feel like I'm in a, a you're my professor. I'm in a, yes. <laughs> um, you're interrupting the keynote no. speaker. <laughs> <laughs> she she can use her keynote listening skills right now. Um, no, I, I think with spoilers with wrestling in general, your limit is a week, right? Okay. Because, you know, for the most part, it's weekly televised shows. So if the show is, you know, whatever day, you have the rest of the week to get caught up. But if we're on the following week talking about wrestling, don't get mad at me that I spoiled anything. It's been a week. You you've, you should have watched it by now or you've seen already. I'm not the one spoiling it. 
Yeah, you're living on your own alternate timeline at this point if you're trying to keep in the bubble a week later, right? Yeah, a week later. Like, I, I do it. Like, I don't watch, you know, everything live, you know, but I'll watch it within a couple of days because I know if I don't, someone's going to say something to me or I'm going to run into it, you know? So it's, it's impossible, especially with wrestling. Like, it's impossible. Yeah, I'm with um, you, Eric. I thought it was like... It was, it was, it was lukewarm. I'm glad I did it. Now, yeah. you know, I had taken two days off. It was going to be a very exciting two days, and it ended up being a fucking 10-day quarantine, right? So it was it was right. a little bit weird in terms of... But yeah, it, like, it was, as you said, excellent at matches, but it didn't, like, to me, I think Wrestle Kingdom 10 is probably the first one I watched, and that was, if I'm not mistaken, Shinsuke coming out in the Golden Crown for the main event. And, like, that was an event. Now, part of it is the crowd situation, right? Like, the, yes. it's they're there but they're not really allowed to cheer and you don't get a ton of cheering however getting no cheering is really really tough it felt like watching thunderdome uh wrestling again and that i thought took some of the wind out of the sails and and like you said like we don't have big gaijin storylines right now no not right now unfortunately and the fact that um yeah there was no cheering and i think like tokyo dome tends to hold like a little over 40,000. And like, I feel like it was only like 25% capacity. Yeah, I think they maybe said like 12, yeah. five. Yeah. Yeah. So like, it wasn't. Um, oh, they're all squished onto the floor, which makes no sense to me, right? Like, like you're going to have a small capacity. Yeah. Why don't you have them spread out throughout the building, not all clustered in one area? That was very strange to me. Yeah. I didn't quite understand those logistics either. But at the same time, I feel like they could get away with that because everyone wore a mask and, and abided by the rules instead of bitching about my freedom. Um, but I digress. That's a very uniquely American problem. Um, but I mean, solid wrestling. I was a little bummed that, um, Shingo's reign came to an end, but I'm not surprised that it did. Um, one Kazuchika Okada is now the IWGP world heavyweight champion again. Uh, you know, he had to beat Shingo on night one and then it was, um, Okada versus Osprey. And then obviously Okada went over. Um, other than that, like I'm trying to like, well, Minoru, Minoru Suzuki is now the King of Pro Wrestling trophy winner. That was which one is, of the highlights hey! for sure. Yes. So that was fun. Uh, the King of Pro Wrestling trophy is basically, it, it's similar to the um, Dynamite Diamond Ring where it's, it's this thing that he holds for a year. And then like he, like there are like, moments with it i don't like for, i swear the first two years yano won the first two years and it just became like a weird ass like basically it used to be there it, it was like a hybrid of dynamite diamond ring and the 24 7 title as far as novelty goes so it, it was you know they were, once again new japan was trying to have a little fun that's okay so but it's gonna be interesting to see what uh suzuki does with it because yano it was just basically a fun prop Yana would like carry to the ring along with whatever DVD he was hawking um, <laughs> or whatever book he was trying to sell. Um, but I mean, the if, uh, if Yano was the R truth of that uh, thing, I feel like Minoru Suzuki is going to be the raven of that title. It's yes. like every event, he's going to be like, whose ass do I get to beat now? That's yeah, that's uh, pretty much his whole gig. Yeah. 
But uh, El Desperado uh, versus Hiromu uh, was was great. A solid match for the junior heavyweight championship. Um, El looking great in his uh, his tentacles. I, I think I liked the uh, psychedelic explosion poof last year a little more, but we were on Hiromu watch night one, especially that was uh, a highlight of night one. Very true. And, and it just any any time I do love a big New Japan event because that means Hiromu is going to bust out his weirdest clothing possible. Meanwhile, um, uh, Naito is his most formal to the ring. Naito had a very nice suit mm-hmm. to wear to the ring at, for Wrestle Kingdom, and it took him 10 minutes to take it off, uh, which is Naito's gimmick. And I love it. Um, but yeah, I mean, solid wrestling. It just didn't have the oomph of no. previous years. No, I agree. Like I, I don't two night shows are tough, man. Work. Two night yeah. shows are tough. Like you have to get, you have to capture the electricity two different nights. Yeah, the card has to be immaculate two different nights, right? Because you're automatically going to be comparing one to the other. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're like me and you are, you know, have mood disorder, the chances of like scraping together two nights in a row where I'm like excited and enthused and engaged is, is often challenging. Um, <clears throat> But uh, I, you know, I really liked the Shibata match versus I was just gonna say, Protégé. Yeah. That was, to me, the most memorable. I feel like in five years from now, that's going to be a match that they'll be able to, to lean on heavily for long-term storytelling purposes. Well, like Ren Narita, I think, is just outstanding. Um, I can't wait to see kind of what he grows into because he's definitely one of the young line. Like he, I remember like when I first really started getting into new Japan, he had like just started the young lion program. And like, you could tell even from like the jump, they're like, there's something about this kid. And it's, it's just, it's been fascinating to watch his growth over the years. And I, I think that's kind of part of what's really so fascinating about the young lion program with, with new Japan, you just see these guys just, before your eyes transform into superstars and just these these figures i mean um and the way they're they're yeah. ever present but they're all wearing the same track suits essentially you know they, they all have right. very sort of formal school haircuts you know it's all it's all it's very you don't know what these seeds are going to yield and to see who springs forth is very very fun and, and uh, uh, something why w you know okay I was about to say why WWE, we know why Vince McMahon is, is his own insular world, but like such a, such a beautifully elegant system where they're always on your screen. You see them, um, you essentially tune them out, right? Like these are these are like, they're there to uh, get, get the crap kicked out of them by Minoru Suzuki, or they're there right. to, you know, to, 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 to wipe someone's brow down after a big match. Uh, and if, if you're, if you're paying attention to the devil in the details, you get to, you know, pick up little things that you build into your own mythology about these guys. And then as they, they blossom into whoever they're going to be, you sort of uh, ha- have these, these, this collection of memories as you've seen them over the years of their, uh, of their, their young lion status. Yeah. But like out of like all the young lions that I've kind of watched in recent years, like Ren Narita, look out for Ren Narita, uh, Yoda Suji, uh, who's a badass. I'm really excited to see what happens with him. And then uh, Shota Umino, who many Americans might know, rem- remember him fondly as Shooter, who was John Moxley's buddy when yeah. Moxley was in New Japan. Um, like those three guys. I'm very excited to see what happens with them for sure. But that's another conversation for another day. We have more wrestling to talk about because if you don't cut me off, I will talk about new Japan forever. 
Justin, you want to talk about yes. the WWE? What do we got going on over in WWE? You said sure. that you, you were, you were going to throw down the gauntlet and challenge us, challenge us sure. to say that this is an exciting stuff. So tell us what is going on. I think the most exciting thing coming out of WWE right now and seeing my social media feed, it seems like the excitement is there. I haven't seen or talked to either any of you three about this specifically. So let's, I don't know where it is. Um, I don't know if you guys heard on SmackDown, they announced the Women's Royal Rumble uh, participants, 19 or well, 20 of them. Charlotte's in there. They're doing the Brock Lesnar thing. Um, but uh, one includes Mickey James, who is over in Impact right now and is their Impact Knockouts champion. And of course, that has now started the conversation and the excitement of the Forbidden Door now being opened up um, into the WWE, which Erica already has a comment about. Which go, go ahead, Erica. You already got a comment over. No, I, I the, the comment I want to share is, is just a tweet that I came across that made me laugh about it uh, because it, it reads as follows for well from at MS or M Sidgwick, who I don't know who the hell you are, but you're pretty Shout damn out. funny. Uh, yeah, since the forbidden door is likely trademarked, perhaps WWE can use the we fired so many women that we don't have enough for the rumble door. <laughs> So is it, uh, so I mean, it's a joke, but it's also an accurate statement. Yeah, um, I mean, it's true. Uh, I mean, Chuck, it's Chuck exciting. made this comment last week about the Women's Royal Rumble before they announced it. There you, you go. Said it'd be, and even with this, there's still 10. I think there was only 19. Yeah, 20. So we still got 10 spots that haven't been announced. Sasha Banks is hurt. Uh, she's out six to eight weeks, so she won't be at the Rumble. So, I mean, so that's another. So you got to think they'll dive into NXT and probably get Mandy Rose and her crew. But um, either way, uh, I think it, it'll it's it's there's reason to be excited. Yes, because it's not even yes. Mickey James is a former WWE superstar herself, whatever. But it's the fact that they are acknowledging where she is, too, because it would be very WWE to have her be the impact knockouts champion over an impact, bring her for the Royal rumble, but not mention impact one bit, right? They have Pat McAfee yelling impact on SmackDown when they announced it, whatever they, you know, when they tweeted it out, it was the same thing and it's turned into a thing. And yeah, it's got excitement in WWE because of course the Royal rumble is about surprises. And we, you know, talked about it a couple of weeks ago. There's not many options for surprises because everyone that they've cut for the most part, have found a new home and WWE has never been one to do what AEW has been doing. And that's work with other promotions. And at the very least, it shows that there is at least a little bit of willingness to work with other promotions, whether it is just impact or whether it does branch out to anyone else. We'll see, you know, obviously nothing's happened, but I think there's legit reason to be excited because we've never seen this from WWE before. We've never seen, you know, go ahead. I mean, no? you had Jushin Thunder Liger in at NXT, which is a big fuck deal. And he right. went over like it yeah. wasn't, uh, you know, um, Tyler Breeze didn't go over on Jushin Thunder Liger. Right. Like, let's face it. I I um, I appreciate the fact that they acknowledge the fact she is an impact. And I think yeah. that is it, it is important. It is a big deal. Yeah. However, minor pet peeve. They didn't at impact. In the tweet, I was sure they didn't. I know I, I, well, I like perhaps I, I, maybe they did like a a subsequent tweet and they, and they corrected that. But like one of the tweets I saw and I'm like, you motherfuckers didn't even tag them correctly. Shame. You know, that's social media 101. Um, Yeah, it's, 
yep, it's, you are correct. It's they promising. Tend, that's what I was thinking. Of. Yeah, it's to. promising and it's nice to see, but it's it's one of those things where like how many times have we heard about partnerships being open or WWE being open to partnerships, but then being like, well, all of our guys are going to go over. And it's like, yeah. they're not willing to play ball. Like, well, yeah, I don't think anyone really thinks Mickey James, Mickey James yeah, Mickey yeah. James I know, isn't winning the Royal Rumble. But even if Mickey cool James was a WWE there. superstar, she wasn't winning the Royal Rumble. I know, but this idea that there's going to be a working relationship, like a, like a deep one, I'm still skeptical about because, sure. you know, eventually if you want a solid working relationship with another company, you can't just bring them over and bury them the whole time. Like right. that's just, that's just, that, that's no, that's not going to yeah. work. Well, she gets we'll back to, to the uh, locker room from the ring and all of her stuff is in a garbage bag. Thanks <laughs> for coming. Oh, for her knockouts titles oh, in the garbage I didn't even bag. Think of that. Oh boy. It's another opportunity to kick her in the ass on the well, way out the door. And, I mean, and talk about surprises. Cause you know, like you mentioned, Justin, like, you know, obviously due to all the releases that, you know, the opportunity for surprises really aren't going to be there. It would have been a big surprise if they held on to that Mickey James thing for sure. the rumble. Like why well, didn't that's you, what's why got didn't... people talking because it's the fact that they announced all these, they announced her, but you still have 10 spots open. And I can't name 10 other women that aren't in the match. Uh, so okay. I, I think that, that might've been conditional on her. Like they, I, in my, in my mind, this is how it went. The phone call went, Hey, would you like to come back and be in the Royal rumble? And she stopped and thought about it and thought about her experiences in the WWE and said, sure, but I am currently the impact world champion. You will mention that on television. Uh, yeah. this, this, you know, like, yeah, sure. I know that you guys need about 11 more girls because right. you don't have them and you've pretty much shit canned everyone in NXT. So you can only pull maybe five girls out of there that have any name, name power, which is a right. whole nother thing of like, I'm trying not to be negative about this. It is a big deal, but on the week that you've put the final nail in the coffin of NXT, you had close to a decade of making the Royal Rumble easy on yourself by just pulling 10 of the 10 big names out of NXT and putting them in the Royal Rumble. We all would be excited to see them, whether they won or not. But right. now, now we got to do things the way we got to do things. Yeah, I think, I think, yeah. I, and I 100% agree with that, all of that, of course. And of course, like Mickey James isn't the biggest name in the world. She's not going to win the Royal Rumble, no. so on, right? It's Impact, it's not AEW. So yes, all that is true. It is just, you know, there's reason to be excited because now there's already, you know, however you know, reliable these sources are, now there's already talks of, you know, what are they going to do for the men's, right? Are they going to do something for the men's as well? Because there's a lot of people that have already talked about MJF. And the reason why they're talking about M listen, I know. Oh, trust me. I had the same CM reaction. Punk, I'm like, CM Punk okay. Punk yeah. <laughs> Yo, I finally get what I want. CM Punk's coming back to WWE. No, the reason why they mention MJF is because if there is a working relationship, whatever, they have been mentioning WWE a lot more consistently and frequently than they have in the past, right? And a big part of MJF's character is constantly reminding people that he is a free agent in a couple years and he will go work for WWE if, if that's needed, right? If he doesn't get the respect, blah, blah, blah. So there's already talks. And my point is, is that's the excitement around WWE. Yes, they have to somewhat follow through. We'll see. 
but there is legitimate reason to have some form of excitement when it comes to the Royal Rumble, when it comes to WWE, because we're seeing there is some, well, I don't know how much, some form of willingness to work with the other companies. I've when always never felt, really used to be a thing. On the I always main felt roster. when it comes to the Royal Rumble specifically, you need to leave three to five of those slots completely blank until the event. Very Do true. not tell me what three to five of those people are so that I have at least at least the expectation of surprise. Even if that I, surprise ends up just being our truth or the Lucha House Party or Jinder Mahal. Like, right. all right, well, at least I didn't know it was going to happen until it happened. Yeah. I, I, I've always, that was, and still to this day, you know, since I, I was a kid growing up, the night of the Royal Rumble, I would count how many people have been announced for the Royal Rumble yep. and say, okay, there's seven unknown, yep. right? And I would have in my head who was already announced and count off as more surprises came out and or didn't come out. <laughs> of so course, like was on that list every year, wasn't he? Every year. <laughs> every year. Of course. <laughs> then you have to remember the year where you had, you know, uh, you were down to like number 29, number 30, and you still had one surprise. And Daniel Bryan wasn't in the Royal Rumble yet. And then it was Batista. Yep. Yep. Or Rey Mysterio. Give me what Ooh, I want. Ooh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, give me what I want, Batista. At least we got that out of it. Yeah, that's, that's true. true. But Every no, I think there's reason the to ring, be excited. Yeah, that was fun. I mean, it, I look, do I think there's going to be some surprises with the Men's Royal Rumble? Yes. Do I think MJF is one of them? Fuck no. Like, no. 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 Ray Phoenix no. has more of a more of an opportunity to be in the Royal Rumble this year than MJF. Like, I'm not, not going to sit here and argue that MJF will be in the Royal Rumble. I, I But my point is, is if you argued this, that I would accuse you directly of getting paid by WWE. <laughs> I, my point is that what they're doing here, and it seems legit that there is some we're growing toward. And this is something I said in the past. At some point in the future, I think that's going to be the norm in wrestling. There is going to be a oh, it, it might take Vince McMahon dying. I know we've said that. <laughs> Yeah, but, exactly. Yes. That's what it's going to be. The old man's still alive. We don't need to talk about this yet. But uh, they're out there yelling impact on their television show, right? They're bringing the Impact Knockouts champion to one of their big pay-per-views. And it'll be interesting to see if they let her bring the title out with her, by the way. I was going to say that's going to be the, the most interesting thing because she did retain the title in yep. a banger of a fucking match. Took a great uh, thumbtack spot. If you can find the gif on Twitter, it is Jeff. worth it. Um, nice. But yeah, she did re- she did retain. So will she walk out with the Impact's title or not? I think the fact that they're mentioning it, I would say yes. I don't see why not. I mean, you're yelling Impact and whatever. like you know, And I'm sure it'll be repeated every week when they show the field of who's in the Royal Rumble every week. But again, I, I'm not going to sit here and, and, and predict that MJF, CM Punk, Adam Page, and Dan- Brian Danielson, and everyone's coming out for the Royal Rumble. No, but it, it, it shows there's excitement. It gives, it gives people reason to be excited and, you know, thoughts of who could show up kind of thing. Sure. When, you know, two months ago, we all had this argument. They would never do anything like this. They would never work with the other, that kind of thing. I just saw the thumbtack spot. Owie. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, no, God. it's real good, right? Oh, as far as God. thumbtack spots go. Ooh. It's not bad. I'm going to have to look that up. Oh, yeah. she went in it. Yep. No, 
it was real good. Um, it wasn't it wasn't super bloody like that uh, that oh. match that tag match we got a couple of weeks ago on uh, no, Rampage. No, but it, it was. Um, but it was a good was, spot. Yeah. Ooh. Oh. Oh. <laughs> That's all I gotta say is oh. just just nothing but dry heaving. Oh boy. Anything else exciting happen at that uh, Impact event, uh, Chuck? That you're with? Uh, Moose uh, retained uh, the heavyweight title. Um, they had a women's X division match, which is essentially kind of like their Money in the Bank. Um, I don't remember who won, but it was not Rosemary, so that's probably why I don't remember who won. <laughs> um, and uh, during one of the matches, uh, five of the Ring of Honor talent came up. They had the Ring of Honor World Championship match with Jonathan Gresham and Chris uh, Sabin, and then. Um, during one of the matches, like Maria Canellis and Mike Canellis, along with like three or four other Ring of Honor people, came out and just laid everybody out like an invasion. That's fun. I mean, we've yeah. always, always talked about invasion angles. But the problem I guess I'm running into is that we had the, the Forbidden Door with Impact and it didn't move my needle. So I don't know that this is going to either, unfortunately, right? Like it's. No, it feels a little bit like it's, you know, two of the minor, minor leagues banding together where it's like Ring of Honor doesn't even have a television show right now. So this is definitely working in their favor more right. than it's working in Impact's favor. Right. But. At the same time, you know, I I I think we're all in agreement that uh, how does the how does the phrase go? Rising tide, you know, helps all ships. I'm yeah. sure that's not. I'm sure that's not Both. the correct verbiage. Yeah, oh, what you meant. Put that on a shirt. <laughs> yeah, rising tide lifts all all boats. Lifts yeah. all boats. Yeah, exactly. No. So yeah, it was. I guess Charlie Haas. They they did their tapings, and Charlie Haas showed up. And for, got uh, stretchered a couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, and got stretchered out. I don't know if that's that's an injury angle or if he's legit injured. But Diana Perazzo beat the Ring of Honor women's champion Roxy. So Diana Perazzo gets to have Diana Perazzo was the one who fought Mickey James at the pay per view. Okay. So now Diana Perazzo gets to have the Ring of Honor title for a while, much like Christian Cage walking around with the Impact title for a while. Speaking of uh, injuries, was Jake Atlas? Uh, injury on rampage legit do we I know don't, i don't know because I'm you're right sure. like once i once eric and i watched it we're like huh this could it was be a weird a, finish uh-huh i'm like this could be a work you like yeah. you know and i'm not quite I sure i, 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 I hope it's not a finish real. the odd finish made me feel like it was real because uh adam cole was going for the panama sunrise right and then put on like an awkward looking fucking leg hold that didn't look like anything. And, J right. and then Jake Atlas tapped out. So right. it looked like a legit, like, yo, we just need to end this. Now he, he's hurt. He injured his knee during the match and had trouble putting weight on it. And that's why they ended it in that way. Okay. Yeah. Nothing. So it was, yeah, I was going to oh, say yes. that weird finish. Yes. I did read that he, he, it was a sprain. They were concerned that it might've done some major damage, but it appears to be minor. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I did read Which that. while I, we're talking about injuries, Jesus yes. Christ, Ray Phoenix's arm. Yes. Oh, oh yes. God. Watching that in real time, like I Ooh. get I get squeamish when they like I, I get I get squeamish. Okay. And then I saw it. I think I literally went, ah. And then I like I'm like, oh, don't look, yeah. don't look, don't look, don't look, don't look. And somehow, yeah. If the regular break. angle wasn't bad enough, the they reverse angle where you can literally see it fold up underneath them. Yeah. Is yep. Just like 
it's it's the most horrific thing I've seen since uh, Sid Vicious broke his goddamn leg coming off the middle rope. Yeah, Duh. I you know I told Chuck this story. My my dad saw it. I didn't watch it live. He saw it live, and he had texted me the next day like, "Hey, did you see that gruesome injury on AEW?" And I said, "No, I'm watching tonight." And he didn't tell me who it was or when it was. So I'm watching the whole show, waiting for. And gruesome injury and of course it's the main event near the end of the show i'm like what yeah. the hell and i'm watching and i remember just getting up and walking away yelling he snapped it he snapped it oh my god he snapped it yeah that looked ugly but i'm so glad to hear it's not that serious it sounds like a few weeks and he'll be back yeah um, it wasn't broken it was just yeah. like just pop does it happen? Way out of socket i don't <laughs> yeah, know fuck yeah right <laughs> and I got to say, too, kudos to Penta and Jungle Boy, because I, I would bet so much money that wasn't the planned finish right. of that match. Right. And that looked good. It didn't, yeah, look, it did. okay, didn't so, look awkward or anything like that. So we don't show up. It's kind of like NASCAR. Like, you could joke that you show up for the car crashes, but it's not so much when wrestling that we show up to see people get legitimately hurt. But we're always fascinated with how do you continue and cover it up once it happens? Because there was like, they sent the tag team division out to the stage. There were shots of people up in the stands like Jericho for no real reason. And it felt very much like, uh, we have to get all the attention off of Phoenix over there on the mat because that is grotesque and he may be legitimately injured and we need to make right. sure nobody is looking at him. Right. And it and there's even a point where uh where when Christian comes in with the belts and he's hugging Luchasaurus and and uh Jungle Boy around the head and he's talking to him and I would bet you he's I I would bet you Luchasaurus knows how hurt Phoenix is and is probably like feels terrible about it and Christian's like look they're going to carry him back there'll be time enough for that later you need to hit the turnbuckles you need to stay in character once we get backstage, we can all worry about Ray Phoenix. But right now, we just got to take the the attention off of him so we can get him out of the arena and the public eye. Yeah, and there was also a spot in that match that didn't go explained, I guess. Um, the lights going out. A hot goss on, on that front. Supposedly, Brody King has signed with AEW. And might be part of this little what House of Black House of uh, Black, yeah, thing okay. with uh, Malachi, which I like those like just I like two large tattooed men together and just being weird. Like, all right, I'm on board with this shit. Um, <laughs> so like that was kind of like the rumored goss uh, behind that little you know blackout and then obviously they had to kind of change some shit you know after ray phoenix's arm nearly you know just snapped um so i don't know they were a team before too yes yeah Yeah. let me okay so i i think we mentioned this before how like i saw an um a progress show uh god this was years ago this was like just before all in and i think this was the one where shawnee i think you went to the evolve show 
in Livonia. Mm-hmm. It, it was at the Knights of Columbus Hall there. Yeah, yeah the and progress like, came was, through town at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Evolve, Evolve was on first in the day and then yeah. progress came on afterwards. And Brody King was in that progress show. And like if you've ever been in that Knights of Columbus Hall, like it's just <laughs> it's very open there. Yeah. And I remember just walking and like walking past Brody King and like he was stopped by fans. I didn't approach him. I couldn't help but just he's he's huge i've never seen a man he's just he a broke, massive he broke man the top rope. he hit the top rope and it busted one of the turnbuckles yeah yeah like first of all yeah he that happened and everyone was like did he fall on his head we all thought like oh god did we just all watch brody king die brody king did not die thank goodness but i like i just taken aback and he's, he's it's just what a menacing figure. Why didn't the WWE snatch this guy up? Vince, <laughs> you fucking idiot. He's brilliant. You morons. I ah. uh, I told you guys the story about uh, one of the first Astronomicons who went to Booker T was there. And he kept walking, like as we're walking down aisles, he kept walking by us and I kept pointing him out to Amy and Amy had no idea. Like she knew who Booker T was, but he would walk by. I was like, hey, there goes Booker T. She's like, what? And turn around and she's, you know, he, he had the really long hair. Him. But he was huge. He was also a huge man. I'm like, how are, how did you not notice the giant black man with the long hair that walked by yeah. us? Well, yeah. yeah, Billy Gunn as well. Massive giant yeah. man. Yeah. I well, I we, told you this when when I went to Starcast before All In. You know, it was in this tiny. It, it, they just they did not judge how many people were going to be attending this shit. And it's like <laughs> we're all here, and I'm just trying to navigate. And I nearly ran into this wall, and the wall was Billy Gunn. <laughs> and yeah, I, like, once again, just like these fucking freaks. Were the ass boys there? It was the ass I, wall. The ass wall. It it was it, it was an ass wall, and it was a one man <laughs> ass wall. That's it was wonderful. amazing. I could like I could. I, I oh, that should be his new gimmick. One, one man ass wall. One man ass wall. All right, you know what? I'll pitch it to him on Twitter. Be like, hi, I'm five feet tall, and I saw you in passing, and I think I have something for you, sir. And he'll just be like, luck. Well, even <laughs> even with the Legends of Wrestling events that we've had and, you know, and Warren here, like, you know, being around these guys, it's like, oh, my God, you're fucking huge. Yeah. Even the ones that when you're watching on TV, you don't like you never look at Booker T during his run and say, man, he's fucking huge. But then you meet him in person. And you're like, oh, my God, he's a massive man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Let's just talk about men. Let's just talk about okay. big massive men. fellas. Yeah. yeah, big I like big meaty this, men. Hey, this. let's just uh, speaking of big meaty men. Uh, we did mention Malachi Black. I'm sure you guys saw that failed springboard poor uh, Brian Pillman Jr. had to yep. finish that match. Yep. Ooh, yeah, that was rough. That was rough. Yeah. But good on Malachi Black for recovering so well. He's like, yeah, he well, did. Springboard didn't work. Kick in the face. <laughs> and that's and honestly, like though he did that so well. That obviously when it happened, I'm like, ooh, uh. And then when he, the way Malachi responded, I was like, was that on purpose? Yeah, because, right. You no, know, that was, it, it looked like part of the spot. That's good goddamn instincts is what that was. Yeah. Was like, well, the springboard like didn't work. We're going to the, to, I mean, the finish was here anyway. So fuck it. You're getting kicked in the face. Yeah. I mean, you can play that off well because, you know, it's, it's a, you know, for the story, it's a live match. You know, oh, he slipped off the ropes and Malachi Black took advantage. You know what I mean? Like. That yep. plays off. So, and Malachi knew that. So he was able to just roll exactly. it. That's why I was like, part of me feels like that was, you know, a little intentional, but probably not. So, 
Which Alexa Bliss do you think we're getting tonight? It seems like, you know, she did tweet out a picture of, you know, the, the previous character that we just got. Um, and it seems like, yeah, it seems like we're getting creepy Alexa. Uh, they keep showing her tantrum from Extreme Rules. So it's, I think we're going that route. I yeah. I, I don't think it lost any steam uh, before her break. So I don't see why they would go back. But I mean, if anything, to change it up, we might see more of the normal Alexa. And she might be that creepy, you know, back and forth. Like once one scene, she's normal Alexa. And then she's crazy Alexa kind of thing, maybe. I don't know. Should I bring? Should I bring the CM Punk vibe of saying, "Is she bringing the fiend with her?" Yeah, you can. No. You can if you want, but she's not. No, and we <laughs> know this. That's fair. Once again, and I remember distinctly yelling at you at a bar before the pandemic about this. I think this is the first time I met Mia, where we were. You oh just, yeah, 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 yeah. You and I were talking wrestling, and I and I think. I, I I had had a few drinks and yes. I'm just like, I just, I just don't like when you get your hopes up because you're so nice. And I don't like when you get your feelings hurt and la 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 la. Yeah. And I, and I, oh, yeah. I'm yeah. stone cold. Sober, just say, and I Erica with a few drinks same. in her, Erica with a few drinks in her, she has turned into my girlfriend's favorite person. Yeah. Like Erica yeah, is above me on that list. Yeah, I don't think uh, Mia necessarily. Mia doesn't really know me yet. I no. mean, she knows she's she's met you know Erica yeah. with with a few drinks, which yeah. I mean, I guess okay. You get like I don't know. I f- I'd like her <laughs> to meet me when I'm sober. That's fair, but Erica gets <laughs> Be nice. a, Erica gets a better reaction out of my girlfriend than I do. So I like that, uh, and I think I can second this that Erica is no longer angry at the WWE for letting her down. She's angry at them for letting you down. Honestly, <laughs> yes, I am. I appreciate you, that. You have, you have learned to deal with it, whereas Justin has so much uh, hope that you're still like, oh, don't don't break the poor boy's yeah. heart like you've broken mine. I, I, mean, I well, Yeah, I yeah. appreciate that. Listen, though, first off, I don't actually think Alexa's bringing a thing with her, so don't no. worry if that doesn't happen. Okay. Um, you know, I make sure you it, tweet him at uh, JV Sports Pod. God, do you ever get my show right? <laughs> no, no, that's that's the the all the damn time. Fucker. <laughs> God, uh, no, I think you know my mindset has been you know whether it's WWE or AEW, I'm a wrestling fan, right? And I'm gonna fucking you know I'm gonna react the same way if AEW did it. Is it fair? Is it gonna get the same results as if AEW did it? No, but. I'm going to react and hope for the same type of role, right? That's why with the Forbidden Door thing, yeah, there's reason to be excited. Every reason why you can tell me why WWE won't follow through with, you know, what it could be because of what we've seen from them, that's that's valid. But, you know, it's something we haven't seen from WWE before. And I'm going to, you know, sit back and say, shit, if they're going to do this, what else would they do? It's the Royal Rumble. Who fucking knows? Because the beauty of live wrestling is one move changes everything right even right. with impact like with live wrestling even with impact if impact goes out out of nowhere decides to drop the money to get a carrying cross keith lee name and name all of a sudden impact is watchable you know what i mean just like last year when no one watched impact but then don Callis showed up on aew and kenny omega was going to impact and all of us said well fuck now we have to watch impact yep did it work out no but one move because live wrestling, whenever they want to, you know, pull the trigger on anything, can make something so unwatchable 
the most exciting thing in wrestling. And that's the beauty of wrestling. So, and that same thing goes with WWE. So if WWE pulled the trigger and MJF showed up at Royal Rumble, just, you know, throwing that. I'm okay. Not, tilt your head. Not, I'm not, not saying it's going to happen, but I'm it's saying, I'm saying is if that happened, all three of you are watching the WWE the next night to see where they go with it. No, because if he shows up at the Royal Rumble, he's only showing up once. I just, I just, why do you do these things to yourself, buddy? I'm not, I'm not doing why are you doing it to myself. I'm yes, you are. Because you're putting it out there and you're, you're this, just this, this, this ball of sunshine and rainbows and, and starlight. And it's just, I don't like seeing you get hurt. It hurts. It just hurts. Hurt. Okay, fine. Hurt. Okay. If it doesn't happen, I won't be hurt. Okay. It's the beauty of wrestling. And one night you say, that now. You, say yeah. that now. you say that now. One night can piss you off, but then the next night they pull the trigger and they go a different direction and all of a sudden you're excited again. It's the People keep threatening me with this gun, but I'm still waiting for the bullet. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. Because one other thing that I know all three of you are going to get at me at was I think on SmackDown or this past week in general, we have seen more signs of at some point, maybe after WrestleMania, the roster is coming back together. Okay. And once again, I will believe it when it happens. Very true. Yeah. I will believe it when it happens. And I can't, I, in good conscience, right. I can't get my hopes up about anything related yeah. to the WWE because they've burned me way too many times right. before. I, so I, I, emotionally speaking, I am, I, I am Swiss. I'm nothing. I am just, I am here. I am, I am standing up against the wall, watching, watching sure. things happen. I am not taking yeah. an active part in shit. I just, right. I'm going to let it all play out. Um, Cause I, I just, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't have, don't have the strength boys. I just don't anymore. So from the, from the sounds of it, it's, I, I think it's, if the dirt sheets are to be believed, it's less we're going to put the rosters back together and more what I was talking about last week in that Brock Lesnar showed up at day one to win a title. And yeah, the guy I was going to beat uh, has COVID, but I showed up and you're paying me X amount of money to win a title. I'm winning oh, yeah. a title. Yeah, and that... Seth Rollins, for some reason, was actually pegged to win that match. And they're like, wow. well, shit, we can't fuck Seth Rollins over. So I guess you get to face Roman now. I don't think he's beating Roman, but either way, you know, because now you have Brock going to SmackDown still, right? Because Brock's facing Bobby Lashley at Royal Rumble, which should have happened at WrestleMania. Um, I told you and, that would happen. Right. But the, so, and, and it's funny you said that, Shawnee, because I, I, when Bobby won the, the match, I'm like, fuck, Shawnee even said it. But then to end Raw, Brock's like, now I'm going to SmackDown. So right. it's like, wait, he's not done with Roman Reigns. So, and even during his thing with Roman, he said, let's do it title for title. So now that makes you believe that could potentially happen at some point. And even if it does happen at WrestleMania, what do you do with the guy that wins the Royal Rumble? You make it a triple threat potentially. Right. And now you got Seth Rollins coming over to SmackDown to face Roman. So Isn't they're going to make flip flop the two day real hard. Like you're going to have like, what is the right, marquee right. women's title match that you're going to put on night one? If you're putting Roman versus, and I, I believe you're correct. I think we're going to see Roman versus Brock in a, in a title for title match, perhaps with the third or fourth or 10th, who knows? Right. But I think that'll be in my mental scheme. That's sort of the night two headlining match. 
Sure. What do you put in night one? Uh, it's got to be whatever they do with the women's. Now, obviously, that's tough to imagine because they've done every which pairing because, again, you have two titles there, too. So right. you can't just put a Charlotte Becky thing because they're both champions. So, um, you know, but at that point, if we do a title for title, we have one world champion. How do you have two rosters and one world champion? Yeah, you know no, I think that? you're, I think that the, the, I, I don't know. I guess I'm not as um, loath to feel that they're going to put, I think you're right. They're going to put the, the rosters together at some point. I just think like, the longer you drag it out, like the less I yeah. have any belief that you're actually making solid plans. And the more it's like, you're just keeping this in your back pocket to throw out when your incompetence has dropped you into the ditch again. Well, and, and that's the, and well, that's the weirdest part is all of this was started by a last second decision, right? If Roman never get test positive before day one, you know, we, we have no reason to believe that the rosters are going back together because nothing changes. Everything's being changed and whipped around started by him testing positive last minute. I guess so, the other side of that coin is I'm not nearly as excited as you are about the rock. Like to me, I don't think that if you put the rosters together, suddenly bad writing becomes good writing. You just have, I think, it's ba- bad I think it's stories. better though. I think it's just better in the sense of, you know, you're not seeing the, like with what we have right now, it's bad writing. Yes. But it's also, we know what the fuck we're going to see because it's raw. So we're going to see, you know, RK bro versus insert tag team that they just faced two weeks ago. We're going to see Damian priest versus Dolph Ziggler again. We're going to see blah, blah. Right. When you put them back together, you don't have that predictability of, we know what matches we're going to see if they're just going to be, you know, spread out differently. Or Unless they change. I mean, they have to change the format, right? Like these, this idea right. of four to six week, programs where it's like we watch right. the same sort of like i don't care if it's if it's uh you know ray or if it's dale gas like, <laughs> like we watch them fighting for six weeks and then it's like okay yeah. eventually eventually roman's gonna face brock lesnar <laughs> right like, okay well, great. And then now, but even with this thing though like even with what they're doing right now roman's co- or is gonna be on raw tonight so Roman's coming out raw with Seth. We still got Brock and Bobby. So like it's it might be a decent raw because it seems like we're gonna get a Roman Seth something and a Brock Bobby something in the same raw. So mm-hmm. that's kind of entertaining. And again, yeah. it, it goes back to there's still a lot of quality names between both shows. And if you have all those quality names as a potential storyline and a potential appearance for every raw and every SmackDown, Raw and SmackDown comes a little bit you know, more entertaining to watch because, you know, you don't necessarily guarantee know what you're going to get tonight. Yeah. We might focus on the Roman Seth storyline tonight, or we might focus on the Brock Bobby storyline tonight or whatever edge of Miz or whatever the hell else is going on. I will say, uh, I think it was on SmackDown that um, there like Paul Heyman was fantastic as this heartbroken ex with Roman Reigns telling Which, him that he loved him as, as yes. his tribal chief. And like, like instead of just reverting to Brock Lesnar's advocate and smiling sinister and being a, you know, a, a jerk about it, like, no, he's legitimately, his character's legitimately tore up that Roman fired him. And that's interesting. Well, the only thing I'll say about, and it was great. And to an extent, I love the story of it, but he was completely opposite on Raw. When he came right. out with Brock, right? Because Roman and wasn't was, there. Right. 
And, you know, but that little thing, you know, I wish they would have at least, you know, hinted at the fact that, no, he's still shaken up about Roman because when he, when he showed up like that way on SmackDown in my head, I'm like, wait, you were just, I thought you're cool with being back for Brock because Brock's a champion now. So I wish they would have, you know, maybe, you know, all it takes is them doing an interview on raw and Paul, you know, showing some kind of comment of, you know, yeah, I'm happy to be with Brock, but I miss Roman kind of thing. And then we see it on SmackDown. Because I think it's like the duplicitous nature of the character, I think, is, is exactly what it's supposed to be, is that sure. we're not the idea is that only Roman is seeing him put on this act, the like, you know, yeah. letting the, the waterworks go. Yeah. When in reality he's the same weasel he's always been. Right. I, I will say, I, I and I've said this before with Roman and Brock, I know we've seen it a lot. I think they've done at least just store like the fact that we have to see the match again at some point. Sure. I get it. It's a, we've seen it a lot, but this story that they're telling week after week, I think they're doing a phenomenal job. A lot of it. Yeah. Is hindered on, uh, you know, Paul Heyman, of course, but I think Roman and Brock are doing a great job to make that story very entertaining, especially in the situation that we're in now, because we were supposed to have the payoff at day one. And now we may not have the payoff for another three months, two months, whatever until WrestleMania. So now they got to drag this on three more months. How, you know, and I think they've, it hasn't gotten stale on my end. No, the Roman storytelling. That's one thing when I watch day one is, is like the package that the, the, the retrospective, like all the gravitas, even though we didn't have Roman reigns, like you could just see in the, like, that is, that is where WWE is right now. And I guess from a marketing perspective, right. You're sort of going back to the whole, Hulk Hogan. I feel like this is 1984, 1985 all over again. They've like they slimmed everything down. Everything is we we understand. Everything is focused on the guy. That's what you know. We're gonna sell by, by making the guy so huge that he sells more merch than all the other guys combined. Right. Your roster, and you don't have to worry about having you know 18,000 different T-shirts, and it slims down. You can you can fire 17 warehouse workers because fuck everybody who isn't Vince McMahon and you know, all this weird shit. But I think that that makes sense. I think that it's interesting to me that um, Seth Rollins, I think is at the top of his game in terms of mic work. He's so much better than he was three, four five years ago. But when he had J and J security, I loved watching the show. Now I don't know if that's me or I don't know if that's them. I don't know if that's, you know, where that falls in the middle. He's definitely a much better, more convincing mic worker. Yes. But again, the stories just aren't are, are, are falling a little flat for me. Um, yeah. I, 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 you know, I don't understand why every story can't be as compelling as the Roman story, right? Like you just need to commit. It's the right. commitment part is the problem. <laughs> it's, it's, well, and, and I will say though, you know, when it comes to storytelling, as much as I don't want to see Brock and Bobby at Royal Rumble, the build for the Royal Rumble for both world title matches, assuming it stays the same, is going to be so great because you get promo battles between Paul Heyman and MVP. That'll be and interesting. Get, yeah, that'll be fun. And then seeing this version of Seth Rollins tell a story with that version of Roman Reigns is good. Those promo battles are going to be fucking gold. I mean, I don't know if you guys know or if you've seen those, if you saw the segment to end SmackDown or if you saw the post, he started it off great because when he knocked on the door, he did the Shields old theme. And just little things like that. I'm like, that's fucking great. That's gold right there. Like, I'm already in. And I, I thought I noticed that uh, like during the show, and I'm like, I, I think I'm overthinking it. And then I saw a bunch of people tweet about it. I'm like, that's fucking great. 
And so I think those two, the builds to those those two world match title matches, assuming it stays the same, is going to be really fun. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. There's there's definitely some good stuff left on the palette. It's just it's sure. so interesting having to adjust to the smaller palette and having to accept that like well, you know like I was reading an, I was week. reading an old interview with um, Jake the Snake Roberts and he was talking about how he was supposed to basically have a. Uh, uh, what they thought was going to be a six month program with Hulk Hogan. Right. And uh, apparently, so there are two sides to this story. The one from Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan, oddly very professional and interesting when he, when he has these interviews, I've never paid that much attention to him. So I guess I'm, I don't know what to expect from Terry, but uh, the idea was that like the, the crowd just wasn't that much there for it. Now, according to Jake's side of the story, uh, when they had the introduction, the crowd was chanting DDT, DDT, uh, and Vince basically said to him, look, we can't have a split crowd. That's not what we're here for. We're here to sell Hulkamania stuff. Right Now, I get going back to what works for you as a company. However, like, it's just such a different world in terms of marketing and make like, I, I don't, I just don't get the WWE. I don't get it. I think I'll never understand because it's a walled garden because they don't want their, their, their entertainers shilling their own stuff. They don't want them. They don't want them out on social media selling stuff. <laughs> they, they want them to, to only be scripted. It's just yeah. so hard for me. It's the, that part of the yeah. kayfabe is so weird to me. This idea that like, like we're not going to let you be anything other than the scripted characters because we want a really tight leash, but we've also admitted that you're completely replaceable in a program. If, right. if, if you pull the old, uh, Jeff Hardy, Rey Mysterio is just going to slot right in. We're going to pretend nothing happened and just keep rolling. And it's like, right. so that part of the kayfabe, it, it, I, I struggle with it. Sure. I struggle with it. But I think that with this smaller palette, let's see, like we're going to get to see these guys. And yeah. <sighs> I, I, I'm not going to ever be excited for a call up for NXT for this next year or two. That's for no, sure, I right? Like, yeah. I, like I, it would be shocking for me if suddenly, unless... You had somebody who was just uh, Joe Schmo on NXT, and then he shows up and he has the full uh, Karrion Cross kind of big production new character, right. right? But they just don't do that. They just don't. They don't want to because they want to introduce guys as pseudo jobbers, so you can see right. if they're willing to to get squashed. You still have this old sort of. I look back at it as the um, like the uh, the the JBL hazing kind of thing, right? Like. We can't just have you go over Keith Lee. We don't care that the entire crowd likes you because we have a way that we've done things for a thousand years and we're going to keep doing that until right. uh, old man is in the grave. But yeah, well, I think, well, you know, as, as far as NXT call-ups are concerned, I've got some news for you. Apparently Pete Dunn and Tommaso Ciampa are at the tapings tonight uh, and were and, and did a uh, dark match at SmackDown as well. So if there oh, are NXT call-ups, it's going to be one of those two. Now, you know, they might last two weeks and then get, you know, fired, but. Right. I would think, yeah. Like I, I literally see Vince McMahon walking on and looking at Triple H and saying, so where are your two call-ups? And these two guys are like, you know, chest high, yep. three feet in front of them. And he's just making short he's... jokes and acts like he doesn't see them. And then yeah. uh, they're never heard from again. I thought we got rid of 205 Live. What are these guys doing here? <laughs> oh, man. The kids sure are growing up. <laughs> <laughs> now, I think if you do any call from NXT, you might as well take a week off at NXT because then you'll have much of a roster there. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, much, that's the, zero that idea goes back that to what I was like. saying is, is that like the roster within a shocking amount of time looks so different because the, you know, 10 to 12 people that would just play security while Adam Cole and uh, Pete Dunn or not Pete Dunn, Adam Cole and um, Kyle O'Reilly, Kyle O'Reilly, thank you. We're beating each other up are now all the main event. Yeah. So, so quick. We, yeah, you had there. you had like two to three weeks to develop them as characters so we could stick them in a, a fucking cage match with the black and gold NXT and put them over. And again, but, how like going back to what you said earlier about NXT, how annoyingly trademark heavy is this company's operations that we have a Steiner, you bring his father into the ring, but his name is not Steiner. Right. Like, well, you know. You need to be able to control this IP, and uh, <laughs> so we're going to go ahead and call you something else. Uh, we can let your dad come in here, but just don't mention his name. <laughs> okay. Oh my god! Sounds man. like fun, boss. Thanks. Yeah. Right. Oh. All right. All right. Do we have anything else? Do we have anything else we want to hit before we? Uh... I think we hit all yeah, the bases, yeah. honestly, for this week. It'll be uh, very interesting if seven days from now things are remotely as newsworthy as they were. Yeah. yeah. Uh, did we touch? Uh, well, Jake Cargill is the TBS oh, champion. Yeah. Yep. Didn't mention that. That was a great match. She you looked awesome. Million bucks. I'm mad that she wore her Storm cosplay a week after she fought Wolverine. Uh, yeah, that was, that was rough. Just give me my full X-Men fight, damn it. I said this to Chuck, and I'm going to be the one uh, other side of the room. I would have given that to Ruby Soho. I think Jay Cargill has the look, no doubt. I think she's green as fuck, and I don't think I, she's ready to be a champion. I, and I, th- go, I mean, yeah, I, I, you know, of course, you know, y- y- she, she has the look. She's going to be a champion. She's not there yet. Uh, you know, and if, if people are going to mention because of what Tony Khan, the issue and the diversity thing, and that's why she got it. No, that was, that, this was part of the plan. I, you know, I could feel it leading up to it. I don't think she's ready. I think I would have given that to Ruby Soho. You don't think I... this has been the most dominant run since Goldberg, whatever that, that got yeah, some pushback, right. that statement from Tony Khan, that sort of primed <laughs> the pump for people to be like, uh, don't say anything stupid, Tony, because we're all a little crabby with you right now. And then he yeah, says, yeah, right. Like, dude, you need to stop talking, period. <laughs> I mean, we don't I, want your opinion. I, I concur. She is still very green, um, but she has made improvements over the past year. Definitely. Sure. And I, I do think it just um, sometimes you have to put titles on people who need them more. Right. Ruby Soho doesn't need a title. Like uh, she's, she's going to be fine. I have, I d- like, she is going to be fine. I think Jade needs this more because like if a monster like Jade, like lost that tournament, after all the shit she talked, like, where does that leave her? Like, where do you go from there with her then? So, and, and like with, you know, I think Ruby See Bobby just... Lashley after Royal Rumble. Where he gets I... squashed by fucking Brock. Yeah, I mean, it's I'm still not it's... convinced that that match is happening. By the way, not to switch, but continue. No, but I mean, it, you know, would Ruby be a great champion? Of course, she'd be a great champion. She's Ruby Soho. Come on, let's let's yeah. let's 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 uh, let's just be real here. But I, I, you know, I do firmly believe she, you know, Jade needed it more. Yeah, and she did earn it, and she's been doing the work, and she is just stunning. And it's you know, it's her journey is just beginning, and it's going to be sure as hell interesting to watch. Yeah. I just, 
I, again, I'm not saying she's trash by any means or far away from being a champion, but I'm also a little salty about, you know, them bringing Ruby Soho over and they put her in two title matches right off the bat and she loses both. You know, that feels like a that like that feels like a tough, tough argument, though, because if she comes in and she like beats down your champ, then you're just you're bringing in talent from the other company and elevating them over your homegrown talent. And but, I'm if also, but, but my thing but is, if she doesn't yeah. win. Then but, it's but, like, the, but the problem is, I mean, the couple ways around Daniel Bryan also two big, two big matches killed in both yeah. of them squashed. Yeah, and that's very, you know, but with Daniel Bryan, it's it's just a matter of, A, he's putting on great work. I mean, we he doesn't know if about he's a face, he doesn't know if he's a heel, he just keeps getting beat. What's this kid going to do with his life? Sean, Sean, let's end on a nice note. <laughs> Listen, let's be nice. That heel turn was bullshit. Period. <laughs> First off, um, but I think that again, the, the ways around it, a is you don't have to necessarily shoot her right into the title picture. B, I don't. There's ways to you know for a giant like Jade Cargo to lose where it doesn't hurt their run, right? Yeah. You know whether there's some you know shenanigans outside the ring, whether it's Ruby Soho kind of plays a little dirty, whatever bullshit happens. Mark Sterling fucks up, and then you can blame. Sometimes it on you just let the two competitors fight, and the winner is the best person there. I'm sorry that you didn't like the outcome, but Jade Cargill had more in the tank that night. Justin, she couldn't even get the finisher off. If you're gonna fight me on this, it took her ten minutes. It took her ten minutes to set up that finisher. I didn't want to call her out, but you're pushing it. So I'm throw it out there. It took her 10 minutes to set it. They were on the fucking second rope for a fucking the whole commercial break, it felt like getting ready for that damn finish. Okay. <laughs> well... <Get> ready. <laughs> not ready. I'm like, what's happening here? And you can see Ruby like looking back, like, are you ready? No, grab right there. Okay. All right, ready? And you can almost see him count one, two, three. Which and that that kind of goes to a production thing too. Quit doing a close up while they're trying to set it up. Go <laughs> wide. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, just give us those close ups on those broken arms. Yeah. Right. Oh. Give us a close up on that. Like, Jesus Christ. Well, they didn't know arm. his arm was going to break at that yeah, point. That, but they used to show the replay. You imagine, you imagine if that was a planned spot. You're gonna break your fucking arm. You're gonna come off the back rope. Make sure you put your arm behind you so it fucking breaks. (laughs) Oh, don't worry, it won't break. It'll just be a sprain. I swear. I swear. The back's like, and there, and yeah, excellent work, guys. Excellent. Excellent. Exactly (laughs) like we planned it. Just like we practiced earlier this afternoon. (laughs) Yeah, right. That's the third time he's done it. That's why it bent so easily. It was already snapped. He's got that Alexa Bliss bullshit going on. He's double joint. <laughs> oh my god, that's fantastic! Yeah, no, but yeah, the, the production needs to. Someone's got to be in the truck saying, "Guys, go wide, please." Like they're they're not ready. Go back to go back to shooting Chris Jericho up in the upper balcony, wondering what he's doing there. <laughs> he keeps looking up at the Tron to see. Oh, I'm on camera. Okay, smile. Okay. All right, cool. Oh, they changed camera. All right, cool. I don't know. Oh, they're back on it's me. Like, Shit. It's like, Shit. It's yeah. like fans, yeah. fans in the crowd. Oh my god, we're on the camera. Do something. Mm-hmm. Do something. At least Malachi Black was good enough to just stare daggers down into the ringside. Like, I don't know if I'm on camera or not, but I'm staying in character. (laughs) Fuck this. Oh, man. 
Oh, real quick, you know, how do we feel about how they, you know, you mentioned COVID with Battle of the Belts, um, you know, how they handled the TNT title situation. I think it was the, the the kind of the best you could hope for. I think uh, Dustin Dustin and Sammy still put on a hell of a fight. Yeah. But the fact that they did an interim title and now you're putting a title back on Sammy and yeah, obviously well, we're going to get title that, for title. Yeah, that means that Cody will be back and then there'll be a title for title match. But uh, hey, you know it's it's I the kind of thing. Good. It's the kind of thing that when you promise something, it's a battle of the belts and this title match is going to happen. It's like, well, I guess title match has to happen. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Well, and speaking of that, honestly, my biggest thing about Battle of the Belts that made zero sense is A, the name of the show, the poster for the show, and you had two of your title matches happen on the Dynamite before the show. Yeah. If, we're, if, if, if we're promoting this as Battle of the Belts. was It, it was an hour, wasn't it? It was yeah, only an hour. Only an hour. Yeah, Make it a two-hour show nah. and put the tag titles and the world title match and make it a legitimate thing. Now we got six hours of dark and elevation to tape. We can only afford yeah, no to put an shit. hour on uh, TNT. That's yeah. Don't get me going on that. We spent as much uh, time. Yeah, you please, please <laughs> don't. Put as uh. much time into those damn YouTube shows. You give us an hour called Battle of the Belts, and your fucking world champion's not even on the show. What? That was that didn't make any sense. Uh, actually, uh, wasn't the world champion on the show? It was on Britt uh, Brit Baker was on the yeah, show. That's right. Well, yeah, the women's champion. Great match, by the way. Yeah, great match. Uh, so, like, let's, you know, it's still the women's world champion. She that's matters. True. Don't make it. Okay, to see. Yeah. Don't yeah. turn it into that. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm turning into semantics. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm <laughs> Here doing. Here we go. You said see? world champion. You said world champion. And I'm like, yep. well, there's two world champion. You know what this is? You know what, what is this? this is? What is this? It's a stereotypical AEW fan getting a little too sensitive when their company hears a little critique. Wow. No. Yep. No. No. You want to know what this is? Damn right, I went there. No. 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 You want to know this is? I'm a fucking bitch, and I'm going <laughs> off. <right now. laughs> this is not an AEW. I wasn't thing. gonna say it. <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying, as a WWE fan, I hear nothing but critiques, and I welcome it. But I'll still watch it. God forbid AEW fans let us critique their damn company. God, it's the truth. <laughs> All yeah. right, Matt Hardy, sh- just uh, calm down. The there, Matt Hardy. The truth. I don't have. I, listen, I am like twenty-five kids away from being Matt Hardy. Okay, it's true. It's absolutely We're all true. 25 children away from being Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy has uh, started his own in-home faction. <laughs> everybody, oh everybody else is part of the Matt Hardy uh, family or whatever they call it. Uh, an AEW. They're just, yeah, House of Hardy. They're just they're just placeholders until his kids grow up and get oh all their gosh. backyard wrestling in. And then I was going to say, man, because they're not grandpa, that far apart in age. Like, grandpa Matt is going to be on one of those hover round chairs. Like uh, what was the guy that was with Cesaro and Jack Swagger? Oh, my God. Zeb Coulter. Zeb- yeah. yeah, Zeb Coulter. Yeah. Oh, my be God. Matt Hardy. A hover chair. Oh my God, he existed. Matt Hardy in a Professor X hover chair with all of his sons beating up a uh, f- 45 to 50 year old uh, hook. He ha- Hey, he's got a daughter now. Finally. They, See, they, he's taken over. He's taken over every every division: the women's division, the tag division, the heavyweights. When you think about it, though, there's a lot of uh, wrestling babies. Like if they're just gonna be pulling them from 
from the spawns of current wrestlers now, right. wrestling's going to look weird and really cool. Yeah, right. It's going to be really weird. Can't wait for 22nd century carnies. I yeah. know. We already we already have 21st century carnies. They're called uh, crypto bros. Ugh. And on that, that lovely note, a little bit of that. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, right. where can they find you online? Uh, yeah, uh, JV Sports Talk Pay Per View Pod is on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Um, also on social media at PPV underscore pod. You know, every week I'm doing a thing called Three Things, Three Good Things in Wrestling and Three, three Not So Great Things in a Week That Wasn't Wrestling. So every Monday. So feel free to check out that video and, you know, chime in with what you loved or hated about the week that wasn't wrestling. I like it. I like it. Thank you. And the pay-per-view pod is uh, coming back on January 28th for the Royal Rumble. For the Royal Rumble. All right. Chuck, where can people find you? No, no, you don't get to, you don't get to criticize his, his podcast, Chuck. I want to get the name right. And then you can criticize it. I was going to say that nobody knows the reason I threw it to him is because I could tell he was paying attention to his television, which I think Monday Night Football on. Kayfabe, no, well, motherfucker. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, breaking kayfabe, the college football championship. is College it, football, so. college football, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, Michigan, big, big oh, year. Michigan, big year, got their asses kicked in the playoffs, so we're watching the team that kicked our kicked. ass. They sucked on the sucked offense. They sucked on the offense. They sucked on the defense. That's exactly how it was. <laughs> uh, you can find me every Saturday afternoon at 4.30 uh, with uh, Nate and uh, Will doing Super Universe Mode at twitch.tv backslash Limit Break Radio. All right. And, and the Erica. Oh, oh, the kids know they can just Google me That's to right. know my various happenings. So Erica Banis, throw it into Google. Enjoy. Pledge allegiance to Erica. <laughs> All right. One nation. Thank you, everybody. I'm Shawnee Constant. You can probably Google that too, but I don't. Not, there's nothing interesting there, to, unfortunately. Uh, perhaps some photos of my cats. But yeah. uh, I, man, thanks everyone for coming around. I hope next next week. I, I think I think we've been we've been planning to get into the same room for over a month now. The uh, the the universe has conspired against us. Do we think next week we're going to be able to pull off, or is Chuck's uh, strongly worded letter throwing a monkey wrench into that? <laughs> yeah, Chuck yeah. just I, fucked it up. And I, I, I mentioned it to Justin last week that by the time we get in that studio, only two fourths of us may still be working in that building. <laughs> I know, and then we're going to have to. We will have to sneak Shawnee and we'll have to sneak. No, but you'll Shawnee. have to sneak me in. I'll be like CM Punk. I'll have to put like a luchador mask and a fucking hoodie over me. I'll have to dress yep. different. Oh my gosh, man. It'll now, be insane. I, I, I think we I think we plan on being together next week. Optimistic Justin's gonna plan on being together every Monday until we're fucking together. There you go. I hope so. I hope so. I can't wait to I can't wait to meet my new drop board. <laughs> no one get COVID. I don't go anywhere. I don't even go to the office anymore because I'm just like, "Eh, why? (laughs) Why bother? Bye. That's right, everybody. If you take one thing from this episode, it's why bother? Why bother? Why bother? Bye. Bye. Have fun. (laughs) Be safe. And don't fall in the hole. 
So why bother by is going to be the title of that, right? <laughs> not uh, not uh, wall of ass. What was it? Thought, yeah, the wall, <laughs> wall of ass. <laughs> the wall of ass is going to be the title of the episode. The wall of ass. <laughs> I don't know. You do you, Shawnee. I don't care. <laughs> That's fine. You got the House of Black and Wall of Ass and one House company. of Black versus the Wall of Ass. Oh, I With, can't, I I love the idea of Dan Housen and the Ass Boys as a trio. Special I, referee I want Dan Housen so badly. Uh, <laughs> they can't stand him, but Billy Gunn loves him. I it's like no, he's with us. It's an amazing bit. So, so I good. love the fact that he he's still running with the whole A and W thing. Yes. Did you see the? Uh, uh, you saw amazing. the, uh, the yeah. application. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I will say I felt bad for. I think Billy Gunn was standing out there too during that segment at the end of AEW when all the tag teams came out. Yeah. And, you know the Gun Club came out. And I didn't see because it was, you know, they were kind of panning quick. One of them were dancing like a fucking idiot. It was yep. Austin. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> oh my God. Like, bro, you're supposed to be out there as if you're like a potential contender for the tag titles and you're just fucking. Oh, he's not a contender. Look, he's oh a, God. he's a gun. It's in his DNA to do something really stupid oh while the God. camera's on him. <laughs> 